Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hey folks, I know some of you have been asking for this for quite some time, so happy to finally be able to break it down. We have the MLB postseason preview uh, with the games getting underway with the wild card round. Uh, that's uh, best of three series. And I'll be honest, the AL is wide open, but I think the NL has some flaws too. The Dodgers are not as solid as people think they are. I don't think they're as safe. And even the Braves, you know, the pitching depth is not there. So you can get some upsets depending on how these matchups go. So I'm going to give my thoughts on... Uh, both sides of the bracket, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So we're going to start off with the AL. Overall number one seed is a shocker. Uh, it's the Orioles. Uh, Tampa just kind of fell apart down the stretch due to injuries and the Wander Franco situation, which, can we talk about Wander Franco? Uh, are, are, we, are we allowed to talk about that yet? Like, basically, like ESPN went silent on this. For those of you who don't know, Wanda Franco, by far the best player on the Tampa Bay Rays, has been gone from the team for the better part of three months now, which is where the season started to turn for Tampa and Baltimore started gaining on them and eventually overtook them. But Wanda Franco is still under investigation uh, for, lack of a better term, grooming a minor uh, uh, overseas. Uh, he's being investigated, allegedly, of course, but he's being investigated and is not actually uh, moving forward with the team. Like, he's on the, uh, <laughs> what, what do we call it? The commissioner's review list? I, I don't even know what the hell we call that. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, with uh, Franco out of the mix, the Rays have just been non like I don't want to say non-existent but part of the flexibility of the Rays is that they still had studs in uh, Franco and Randy Rosarena to make that patchwork lineup where they just platoon guys at will and make it work now the issue is uh, Tyler Glass now and you know has been the ace uh, for the staff, Zach Eflin. Surprisingly, I I don't know how Tampa does it. They keep turning these guys that were kind of number four or number three starters into looking as though they're viable to be a number one ace. You know, and it's a decent one-two punch where, um, yeah, uh, Tampa now finds himself in the four seed. Having to play uh, a Texas team that, by all rights, should be the favorite team. If you look on paper, Tampa versus Texas, 
and the amount of money invested in the Texas Rangers this year. Well, the well, last two years, I should say. Uh, obviously, no Jacob DeGrom for the Rangers. Uh, he's still out with uh, Tommy John surgery. But if you look up and down the board where you've got a Corey Seager, you got a Marcus Simeon, you've got uh, Adolis Garcia, you've got a number of pieces where in they can just smash the bats and put up runs at will on anybody. To, to me, this is the variance uh, kind of uh, matchup where Tampa's going to have to find a way to scratch together five runs a game because I don't think their pitching staff can hold Texas to less than um, – I don't think they can hold them less than four runs. I think Texas is going to get their runs no matter who they're facing. The question is, can you score enough uh, offensively to get there? I don't think uh, Tampa's current squad without Franco and without Brandon Lowe, who's also uh, uh, looks to be out for the series, I don't know if Tampa's going to be able to score enough runs to win this series. Now, We've seen weird things happen before with the Rays, and so I'm still going to pick the Rays, but realistically, like the numbers, the numbers say Texas wins this series. Like, I, like just in terms of the matchup, but for my gut, just because I've seen Tampa do this weird nonsense time and time again, I, I'm going to give the Rays benefit of the doubt. But man, I do not feel confident with this pick because of the fact that on paper Texas far and away the better uh, team uh, if if you're if you're telling me the pitching staffs because Texas even though without the Grom they made the trade for Jordan Montgomery great job Brian Cashman great job with that Harrison Bader trade um, you know and Nathan Eovaldi who's been a workhorse throughout his career in the postseason to me this is just this is an awkward like series for the Rays. Like they're gonna have to try to find a way to sco- score runs, and I don't know if they're gonna score enough. Now on the back end, anyone who's trying to trust the uh, Araldis Chapman to close out games in 2023, you're rolling the dice on your own. But I, I am gonna say that uh, you know. The Rays' bullpen is deep. If they can somehow get it to Pete Fairbanks and let them stretch it to Kitteridge and and get to Dykeman, like the Rays can find ways of staying in. I, I just, you know, trying to pick who in the uh, uh, jack-in-the-box offense the, the Rays are currently throwing out there. It's hard to see the runs because I expect Texas to pitch around the Rosarena um, without having the Franco protection. So uh, that that's just the way I'm seeing it. But somehow I think Tampa's going to find a way to get get through there. But uh, it, on paper, it doesn't look great. Next series, we've got the Twins who haven't won a postseason series in 19 years versus a Blue Jays team that has not hit the ball for two and a half months. I don't know what happened to Toronto, but they have not been able to swing the bats at all, which is crazy 
because they got Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, and George Springer, and they can't hit. They can't hit. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, Toronto's relying on their pitching staff to, uh, to, get, to get them into this postseason. And for whatever reason, Toronto can't hit. They can't hit. I, it's like, it's the damnedest thing because if you look at that lineup, it's not an aging lineup. They're just all on a cold streak right now. But that's what makes it dangerous. They can get hot, and they have defense. Uh, you know, when, when uh, you know Ray's uh, stalwart Kevin Kiermeyer, and and they brought over Dalton Varsho, uh, guys who are incredibly solid. Uh, this is a this is an opportunity to uh, uh, to uh, get in uh, get in place for uh, a chance to uh, do some work because. All things considered, there's an uh, there is opportunity to make it happen. But uh, yeah, that hitting, brutal. That's all I can say about that. Absolutely brutal. On the twin side, I really have nothing great to say except that Royce Lewis might actually be the savior for the Twins. As as putrid as the Twins have been in their postseason play. It could just come down to the fact that Royce Lewis, uh, just who was a stud in the second half of the year, uh, no Byron Buxton, uh, there, there could be potential for Royce Lewis uh, just having a phenomenal uh, 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 series, and that's what gets, uh, and that it could be what makes the difference overall. Like from my standpoint. That's where I kind of look at. Um, I kind of look at things where, you know, from like just just a overall perspective. That's where I would kind of put more stock into uh, certain items. It, it's it's more of the fact that uh, we can. Um, we we can we can see that the twins might struggle hitting, but they do have an explosive hitter, which is something that they haven't had in years. Uh, yes, they had Byron Buxton for spurts, but Byron Buxton would always get hurt. Uh, but Lewis also hurt. <laughs> I should say that with the caveat, he does have an injured hamstring, but they say he's good to go. That could be like someone to look out for in this uh, in this series uh, coming up. So that's essentially the wild card side on the AL side. We'll get to the NL right after the break, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, so NL side, let's talk about the worst kept secret in baseball. Craig Council is leaving uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, it's not official, but it's the worst kept secret in baseball. Uh, So to walk this back, uh, the Mets fired 
manager Buck Showalter, and brought in president of baseball operation David Stearns. Billy Epler resigned as the GM, or uh, it's coming. It, like uh, I, I think it, it was uh, it was coming up, but regardless, the entire management, like the structure of baseball operations for the Mets, out the door. David Stearns comes in from the Brewers. The Mets have wanted him from the get go. They didn't want Epler. They wanted Stearns. The Brewers wouldn't let Stearns out of his contract, so the Mets had to wait it out. That being said, Stearns is in. The first choice, and frankly, the choice he's going to want to go with uh, uh, regardless, is Craig Council. Craig Council is in his final year of his deal with the Brewers. They have not offered an extension, namely because they knew Stearns was leaving. And the Brewers don't like paying anybody. It, I mean, the, the, the Brewers didn't pay anybody when Bud was the commissioner. And he had an incentive to get the Brewers to be uh, a competitive franchise. Do you think they're going to pay money now with him not running things? Like, come on. Uh, you know, always the strangest thing in the world. But like, the Steelick family still being able to run the Brewers when Bud was commissioner. But that's another story. But anyway, the Brewers, historically cheap management, they're not going to pay counsel for an extension. He's going to be the next manager of the Mets. That being said, they've got this series coming up against the D-backs. The Brewers have the pitching to make a run in the World Series. Do they have the hitting uh, to win a World Series? I would say no. Uh, yes, they still have Christian Yelich, but that's about it. If you look up and down that roster, that's basically a triple-A squad at times that the Brewers are rolling out there with guys who are kind of hanging on to the last leg of their uh, careers, like Carlos Santana. Uh, It's not really a dynamic offense, like, you know, you know, it's it's similar issues to what the Rays are dealing with, except I think the Rays pitching staff might be better than what the Brewers have. Um, you know, all things considered, yeah, no Brandon Woodruff, uh, but they still have uh, Corbin Burns. I probably would still side with the Rays in terms of pitching. And hitting-wise, again, they have Yelich, but you look up and down that lineup, not that much there. They're going to struggle scoring runs against Arizona, who, while they may not have the bullpen, their starting pitchers are good enough to get by what the Brewers are going to throw out there. Um, and the lineup that uh, Arizona's getting out there between Kettle Marte and Christian Walker and uh, Corbin Carroll, who's the NL Rookie of the Year that no one talks about because... Uh, yes, Ellie De La Cruz would be, uh, at stretches, the rookie of the year if he had played a full season, in my opinion. But Cor- uh, Corbin Carroll put up the numbers throughout the entire season. He is far and away the NL rookie of the year. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of the uh, thing. Oh, and, uh, actually one thing I forgot to mention on the AL side because uh, 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 one thing I did, didn't mention with the Rangers, no Max Scherzer, uh, he's still injured. Um, so the Mets not punished for that Scherzer trade. They only have to deal with uh, uh, 
paying for uh, 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 Justin Verlander pitching in the postseason thus far. Which, again, I still would have made the... uh, um, I still would have made the exact same move for the Mets. You got to rebuild and get prospects. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, with that sidetrack, uh, not a fan of this Brewers team. Council's got one foot out the door. Um, it is what it is. Uh, and then our final uh, wild card matchup: we got the Phillies and the Marlins, the Fighting Jeters, if you will. Um, obviously, Jeter long since gone from the picture, but the framework of that team is still kind of there. You may not like what he did, but technically. It's much like the Brewers, you know, scales enough where they have just enough hitting. Solaire went ice cold, but Jake Berger was brought in from the White Sox to give him some added pop in the lineup. Issue is that Phillies team, way too much offense, and they have pitching. They are the team that matches up best against the Braves and the Dodgers. I expect Philly to roll in that series against the Marlins. It it's pretty straightforward. Um, they're hosting in Philly too. Uh, I I think this is uh, significantly tilted towards uh, the Phillies uh, uh, sweeping that series. I, I think that one's the most likely to sweep. So um, yeah, that's gonna do it for me in my preview. Uh, as we get closer to. Uh, the divisional series, uh, we'll, we'll do a uh, follow-up uh, on my thoughts of everything as a whole because I got a lot to say about the Dodgers and uh, Mr. Kershaw. So uh, more to come. But uh, until next time, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and all major outlets.